and I think as a nutritionist, I think you've just got to work a bit harder um, to um, inform uh, the public about what you do. Um, mm. Because I think people think of um, naturopaths as being, you know, an alternative doctor, if you like, you know, yeah. a, a complementary health doctor. But people tend to think of nutritionists as um, only dealing in weight loss and digestive yeah. health. That's it. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Today I have Cell, the nutritionist. Cell is based in Melbourne. And today we are discussing everything related to the importance of having a niche and how that can have your business thriving. We'll also touch on several other topics around the importance of self-care, how to move forward in your business, making it the way that you define it to be. Stay tuned for more with Sal and I. Hello, Sal, and welcome to the Simple Marketing Solutions Podcast. I am really excited to have you here. It is something I've been wanting to get you on the show for, for quite a while. I know that you've got a lot of expertise to share with us around nutrition and your drivers for becoming a clinical nutritionist. But before I spill all the beans, how about I have you introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, Amita. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on your podcast. Um, yes, uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm a clinical nutritionist and um I graduated in 2015. I did a degree in nutritional medicine because uh, I've always been interested in food as medicine and um, started my business seven years ago now. Um, not a cell and nutritionist, which you see behind me, um, but I was called Feel Well Nutrition when I started. And um, I've, I've really just been doing my business on and off, um, I have to admit, um, since then. Um, and now um, I'm, I can actually, I have the ability now to to do my business full time, which is great. So I can really focus on it. Yeah. And that's great to be able to have, you know, kept it going part time. Because I think that there are a lot of health practitioners out there that feel um, quite stressed because they think that they have to be in their business full-time from day one and that can feel daunting for a number of reasons you know I'm sure that you would have experienced the fact that you don't always have a heap of clients coming in your door straight away so there's the financial obligations outside of the business that um, pull you in different directions for you having started up part-time do you feel that that was a good move I think so. Yes, I, I think when I started my business, I didn't actually want to do it full time um, mm -hmm. because I just couldn't see myself uh, sitting in my office um, on my own, um, you know, mm -hmm. just just working in my business and seeing clients. So, um, you know, it, it was also for financial reasons. Yes, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll just get a part time job. Mm -hmm. um, but Primarily, I wanted to run my business, say, two or three days a week. Um, and, you know, it, it sounds great doing it full time now. Um, yeah. but there are downsides to that. You know, it, it can get quite lonely. 
and I'm the type of person um, where I do do like to have people to talk to and, and bounce off ideas with. Um, so it doesn't suit me 100% to be sitting here on my own. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, as you mentioned, you don't have that regular income coming in. So it really depends on your circumstances, I think. Um, you know, I'm very lucky in that my husband works full time and he's the main earner. Um, but if you're somebody who who's on your own or you're, or you're a single mom or whatever position you're in, you know, you, you obviously have to take that into consideration in, in, you know, bringing money in every week to pay the rent or the mortgage. So it, it's really a personal thing. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is personal. And, you know, when you mentioned we were talking before we jumped on the call um, about the aspect of being lonely in clinical practice. And that's a common theme that I see and hear with a lot of my clients um, when they're, you know, working for themselves in their practice and seeing clients, and especially nowadays with the move of also being um, able to work from home, that sense of isolation has grown I think for you what has been um, one way that has worked for you to to break that feeling of isolation um well I have always attended uh, network meetings um even before I started my business I mean I was crazy I joined a a women's um network meeting and we all sat around a table in a little cafe yeah, uh, because I was that desperate to to get out there and meet people, and this was even before I started my business. I mean, wow. how silly was I? But anyway, <laughs> I met I met some amazing women, and um, some of them are still my friends. Yeah, um, and that's great, isn't it? That yeah. it be that way of not only doing business with other women or other businesses, but just building some real solid friendships from it as well. That's right. Yeah. And, and most of them are, you know, small business owners um, mm. like myself. And we're all we're all in the same position. We're still learning. Uh, we still need help with marketing. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, we, we can bounce ideas off each other. Um, and then, of course, COVID hit and, um, you know, but but I still did online networking. Mm. It's not quite the same. No, and also aside from that, if you're not in, really into that, you can, um, you know, join, just set up a group with other natural health practitioners, um, which we're just starting to do now in Melbourne, mm. um, you know, in the south and the southeast. So if you're if you're listening and you're a, a pracky, and whether you're new or experienced, um, we will be meeting once a month. Um, and just to you know just to, to have a chat yeah so, you know um That's great what I'll do is I'll put um I'll put your contact details below with your website and that and then people can reach out to to be able to join that because I think that that's really a great initiative um I know that you mentioned that you um you and the ladies have been trying to start this pre-COVID and then COVID hit and it disrupted everything but the, your motivation and the passion is definitely there because you guys have reconnected and decided to move this forward and make it a reality. So there'll be definitely a lot of practitioners out there that would love to join and just 
you know, have open conversations. So that's yeah, great. Yeah. And, and another way is also to attend seminars. Mm. Um, you know, now that we only just kind of started going back to attending seminars last year. Yeah. And that's, you know, run by the supplement companies. Um, and that's a great way of, of meeting other practitioners as well. Absolutely. I remember doing, you know, my first seminars I attended were back when I was studying uh, all this yeah. like 23 years ago when I think about it now. Oh gosh. But, um, but it was good. It was really good because you know you're learning so much information from what they're teaching, but you like you said, it's a great way to network and meet other students, practitioners. Um, in different industries as well where you can start to build relationships and cross referrals too which I loved yeah that's right that's right yeah. Yeah. so but but you know if, if you're in if you're working in say multi-modality clinic then that's great you, you've got yeah. more support there um, and it really depends what type of a person you are I mean I, I just like hmm. being with people but you might like to be on your own and then working on your own it's okay yeah. <laughs> so you just gotta yeah. go this is what works for you exactly exactly Marcel on your banner at the back there we've got sell the nutritionist healthy gut yes. healthy mind now how did you go about choosing that niche to focus on uh oh gosh where do I start um <laughs> Can I tell you a bit, a bit yeah, about the first part of my business and, and how it evolved into that? Yeah, so, that. so when when I started my business, I was called Feel One Nutrition, and um, I was just so enthusiastic about food as medicine, you know, what, what we learned, um, you know, in our degree, if you've done a degree. And um, I thought, oh, everybody will want to know about food as medicine. This is amazing um and uh then of course I was quite naive at the time and I thought no it hasn't no it's not quite like that not everybody wants to know no um and at the time I just wanted to help everybody um but as the years went on that didn't really work because you you know you, you can't know everything about every single condition and you can't be an expert in every condition and you know most of us practitioners you know we want to be experts and I thought no I'll just kind of you know narrow it down a bit but um so you know feel one nutrition I was that for about a year and then I transformed into whole food nutrition um with the help of a marketing lady at the time because uh, that's what I was all about was whole foods mm -hmm. but then some people thought I was a grocery store <laughs> um, and didn't really understand what I, mm. what I was doing so yeah. you know it, it it's really important I think to be comfortable with, with your business name and I wasn't I was never 100% comfortable with it but I just went with it mm. and um, I kind of graduated towards you know, helping teenagers. I don't quite know how that happened, maybe because I had teenagers myself. Mm. Um, but I still wasn't wasn't really feeling it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, because it's quite challenging um, helping kids and teenagers change their yep. eating habits. Yeah. Um, 
excuse me. And then um, probably about five years ago now, my daughter um, went through quite, quite a difficult and challenging time. You know, she had very bad anxiety and depression and um, was an, unable to complete school. And, you know, we, we went through a couple of years navigating through the mental, the conventional mental health system. Mm. And we didn't really get very far. And I thought that, you know, that there's just got to be another way. And I had always been interested in pharmacology, you know, when we did it for, for my degree. Yeah. And I've always been interested in psychology. And I remember at college, you know, learning about the neurotransmitters and depression. And I was, I remember being fascinated by, by all that. Yes. So I took that um, and kind of, you know, did my own research and went down that rabbit hole, as we do, um, <laughs> to look at food and nutritional supplements um, and mental health. So I then started, you know, my special interest was then um, gut health because everything starts in the gut mm-hmm. and mental health. Uh, so, you know, so I was slowly graduating towards niching mm. um, and that, that was a much better fit because then I could, I was more confident in, in being an expert in gut health and mental health because, you know, obviously the two are connected, but I was still getting people just coming for gut health, you know, which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. But I think um, it's a matter of um, educating people. They, they, you know, they still don't really understand um, how the two are connected. No, so that is my mission to um, educate people about um, gut health, food, you know, and mental health, which is really um, part of it is nutritional and psychiatry, which I'm fascinated in. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, as you can see, yes, I'm cell and nutritionist with your help, Amita. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was I was sick and tired of whole food nutrition. Um, and and also my, my website actually needed updating. Um, and my husband had always helped me with that. And I thought, no, I just need a fresh pair of eyes to look at it. I can't look at it anymore. I can't improve it anymore. So um, I found Amita and um, we started talking about redesigning my website. But then my husband said, well, what about just changing your name? And initially I thought, oh, no, it's just too difficult. I I don't know. (laughs) Um, And I mentioned it to Amita. And um, so with your help, Amita, you know, you were the one who suggested Salva Nutritionist. So I have to thank you for that. <laughs> That's my pleasure. I do remember there was some resistance with the name yeah. initially, where you didn't want your name to be a part yeah. of it. Well, because you're <laughs> in Australia, people think I'm a man. You know, Sal is Salvatore. Mm. Um, or it's salt in Spanish. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> so, so I couldn't use my whole name. Yes. And I thought, well, Sal... We'll, we'll, we, we'll just about go with Sal. Yeah. 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 But yeah. <laughs> I hope that it feels like it resonates with you now. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> and that's important. You know, you, you mentioned transitioning from three different names over the years, you know, mm. um, and, and it is a progression because as you grow within your business and as you start to niche down and find what your real passion is, what your real interests are, and where you're 
seeing the biggest success with your clients as well, then those are the opportunities where you can take that step back and think, okay, well, I'm going to redefine my business. And sometimes that comes as a name change as well. I went through that. So when I had my health food store, it was Organic Matters, um, which it was an organic health food store. So everything in it was organic. So that, you know, made sense. I then transitioned into purely um, a naturopathic clinic and I kept the name because people knew me with that name. But there was a disconnect because I wasn't selling products. I wasn't selling food anymore. I was just doing the naturopathic uh, appointments. And I had to redefine myself. And I went through a period of understanding, well, you know, the importance of the name and what people associate with that and how you want to come across to your audience. And so from that, I went to Zest Health Center, for which for me, my my niche at that time was um, a woman with burnout and hormonal imbalance. And so the Zest Health Center made sense. But it's feeling comfortable and just being open to, to change. I think, you know, sometimes we get stuck and we feel we have to hang on. But change is a good thing sometimes. <laughs> and I think as a nutritionist, I think you've just got to work a bit harder um to um inform uh the public about what you do um mm. because i think people think of um naturopaths as being you know an alternative doctor if you like you know yeah. a, a complementary health doctor but people tend to think of nutritionists as um only dealing in weight loss and a yeah. digestive health that's it yeah, yeah there is quite still a quite a big misconception out there about the role that nutritionists have um so you know it, it is important for practitioners like you to go out there and keep spreading that word and and education um it, it's the more we talk about it the more we share that message the more it will become easier the same as with naturopaths i remember 20 years ago you know we went through a very similar thing where you would say that you're a naturopath and people would look at you and they wouldn't know what a naturopath was back then. Um, We've come, you know, a long way now, but it's the same progression with the industry that nutritionists are going through right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, you're up against dietitians as well. So, you know, I, in the end, I just wrote a blog about what's the difference between a naturopath, nutritionist, and a dietitian. I <laughs> love that. Kept asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I am putting the link to that blog in this <laughs> podcast episode because I think everybody needs to read that. Yeah, I mean, I wrote it a long time, oh, quite a while ago. So, yeah. but I think I think it's still the same. I don't think yeah. it's changed that much. No, <laughs> no, that'll be a great one, definitely. <laughs> and for you, Sel, you know, being in business for all these years, what? What sustains you in your business? Um, I, I can say it now, but if you'd asked me five years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to answer you. Um, I think just looking after yourself mm. um, is the most important thing. And, you know, we're, we're all busy with our businesses. If we have family, you know, if we're a mother, 
um, or, you know, whatever is going on in your life, you have to put yourself number one. You have to put yourself first um, yeah. because, you know, to see clients, um, I mean, I, I don't have, you know, a full days like some practitioners do. Um, I don't think I even want to have full days because it's really, um, really, you know, it kind of, it zaps your energy. And there's a lot of practitioners who burn out, mm. you know, the, the, the really successful ones, um, you know, unless, unless they have some help. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really important. And I, and I think if you, if you work on your own, mm. um, you know, in your own practice, then getting out there, um, and, you know, talking to other people, um, you know, because you do, you do have to, I'm, I'm not going to mince my words, you have to have a passion for what you do. And, you know, there are several times when I felt like giving up. Yeah, I know there are lots of other practices who feel like that. Um, but you've really got to have a passion and really believe in what you do and um, have the confidence uh, to do that um yeah I think I've answered your question yeah yeah you have definitely um the self-care element you know that's something that's really close to my heart um having worked with hundreds of patients over the years that went through burnout you know like chronic burnout because we just keep pushing 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 there has to be a point where we are able to stop and look after ourselves. If we're not looking after ourselves, then we can't look after anybody else. And as health professionals, as much as we know that, I think sometimes we feel that the this overwhelming sense of responsibility to our community and to our patients um, at the expense of our own health and that does need to change. That balance needs to shift. Yeah, um, because, yeah. Women, because women in particular, we're very good at helping everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and we put ourselves last. We do. Yeah. Yes, we do. For you, Sel, um, talking about self care, what would be two things that you do in your routine as part of your self care routine? Well, I, I love nature. And, you know, living in a city, um, I don't, or, you know, I obviously don't have nature on my doorstep, but at least I have a yeah. green grass at the back of my house. Um, yeah. I, live, I live quite close to the bay mm. in Melbourne. And that really is my happy place. Yeah. Um, and, and it was when I was studying at Endeavour and doing all those student clinics and <laughs> a really stressful time as soon yeah. as I got out at the station. You know, I felt like a different person. So I really try and go down to the bay um, a few times a week. Um, and that's, you know, that I, I really need that. Mm. Um, I wish I could say that I do meditation and things that I'm supposed to do. <laughs> well, it's, but it's not I'm for everybody. I'm always um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm the world's worst when it comes to self-care. I'm always doing something in my business. And I just went on a women's retreat just last weekend, which kind of kicked me up the backside and said, right, you, you've really got to um, look after yourself. So yeah. going on retreats like that, mm. is amazing. 
Mm. Um, and you know, I, I just, I guess, um, I, I guess I just now, um, I'm just more mindful. So instead of meditation, I, I do mindfulness yeah. and, you know, just, just check in with myself, um, every couple of hours and, um, I've slowed right down. Mm. You know, before I used to be running around like a headless chicken, like I had to do everything, you know, business, coffees, part-time job, friends, whatever. But now I just, I, I've really taught myself to say no a lot. And I, and I think, I think that's really important yeah. um, because otherwise it's just too stressful trying to fit everything Absolutely. in. Yeah. You know, and the ability to say no and set that boundary um, as much as sometimes you feel conflicted, but you know that you have to for your own sanity. It, it's the biggest lesson I think that we can learn right now um, around boundaries for ourselves and for those around us in the relationships that we're in, whether that be personal relationships, business relationships with clients, patients, et cetera, as well. You know, working all the time consistently, seven days a week, it's it's too much. And I find that that's where a lot of business owners, especially in the health industry, we we lose that creativity. We lose that ability to even look at our patients and treatment plans more objectively as well, because we're so engrossed in it every minute of the day. Mm. So when we can just step back things you come up with ideas and inspiration of mm. oh I didn't think that I could you know I haven't thought of that for that patient or haven't tried this treatment plan before let's give it a go um that's right yeah, yeah. it's very true yeah you've just reminded me <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> I love it <laughs> and um so one last question that I wanted to really ask you because I know that a lot of listeners would get value from this is for those new grads out there that are you know about to start or just starting out with their business is, are there any pearls of wisdom any tips that you would share with them um yeah, when I look back to when I graduated, um, all I knew was that I had to get an ABN number and, 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 and you know, become part of a professional association. That's all. We weren't yeah. told much. No. So, you know, you really do learn on the job. So, yes, I mean, I have, I've got so much advice, but um, just to <laughs> bring it back to a few, um, yeah. you know, really do do your research you know when, when people used to say to me research I go no no I hate research no but you know you don't have to you don't have to particularly pay somebody to do your market research you know you can do your own research um talk to people just just get out there in your community um online you learn a lot um and just get a feel for for what you're interested in um, you know, and don't don't treat everything. I, I really think that's a mistake. Um, mm. And have your own niche, and and don't think you know like I did at first. Oh well, so and so is doing that. I won't do it. Um, but you know they're not you. So you, every um, professional has their own way 
of working and people will come to you um, for, you know, for you. Um, you know, so it's not just the treatment plans that you write out, it's your personality, it's you as a person. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll just, just kind of, and wait as well. You know, I, I just rushed into everything. I was so enthusiastic. <laughs> I thought, oh, I've got to do everything. Yeah. And that was a mistake. Mm. <laughs> so mm. please don't do that. Just take yeah. your time. Because, you know, I know we all learn from our mistakes and it's good to have mistakes. Yeah. But we don't want too many mistakes. And I, I wasted the first couple of years, I think, by doing that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, really sound advice. Thank you for sharing that and being open about your journey as well and how it um, impacted you in those first few years. There is a tendency I've noticed with practitioners and we had Lisa on a few weeks ago and she, you know, she brought up a similar theme of uh, new grads rushing out there and feeling that they need to have their business up and running even before they graduate, you know, and there's this real pressure. Um, I, and I don't know if it's self-imposed pressure or pressure from uh, colleges or where it's actually coming from. Like, I haven't done that research and I, I, maybe I should, but there is that tendency of rushing into business. And I think that taking it slow and even just getting more work experience initially to see what a clinic is like to run, what a business is like to be involved in, is that really what you want to be doing? Because once you start a business, I mean, you want it to work, right? You want it to be there for years to come. Um, so it's a big commitment. And you've been, you've had yours now for quite a few years, which is brilliant. Um, is there, and I know it, I was saying it's the last question, but I, this is the last question, I promise. <laughs> So for you being in business, um, what has been the biggest highlight for you? Um, for me personally is when I change someone's life, I guess. I mean, that's a bit dramatic, but, you know, they, they come to you with hope that they're sick. And, you know, a lot of the time, we, you know, we can overcomplicate things. I'm guilty of that you know, in, in terms of treating someone. But a lot of the time it's actually just simple changes that they can make. Mm -hmm. And um, and you see, now now I, I have four-month programs, so so I'm more guaranteed of seeing results. So that, that's another bit of advice, maybe, if you want to call it advice. Um, you know, we all start out doing consultations, you know, one-to-one -one consultations, and that's great, don't get me wrong, and you should do that mm. when you graduate. But, you know, further down the line, um, you know, like I, I, I actually got frustrated because um, I just found that some people didn't comply, you know, they weren't really taking it that seriously, and I got frustrated, which is not a good thing. So, and that's why I now have four-month programs. So you can see it from start to finish. Well, you know, the, the, there's still yeah. things going on after four months, but that that's the, the greatest thing for me 
is to is you know to to think that I've made a difference in someone's life. Yeah. 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 I think it it's really powerful to know that we've played some little part in that journey with them and just being their guide to to getting the results and helping them to to live a healthier life and be who they really want to be in their lives so yeah and and also just want to add to that um you know that a lot of people um have been to see so many specialists so many gps and they come to you um because they don't know you know they're not getting anywhere so you know so there is pressure then on you you know they want a quick fix and of course, hmm. as you know, it's not a quick fix. So no. you have to manage people's expectations. <laughs> and that's yeah. where, you know, I think the the value in a, a longer term treatment plan, like a program can really um, help with that expectations and to give them enough time to really see the progression with the results with those check-ins every month as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and thank Definitely you to you that. for helping me set them up. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> thank you, Sal. Thank you for being here, sharing your expertise as a clinical nutritionist, as a business owner, somebody who's been on the journey for a number of years now and successfully you know, transition from part-time into full-time. And I hope that it continues to fulfill you being in your business full-time. So well done on all that you've achieved. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Anita. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Thank you for being a listener on the podcast. I hope that you've gotten value from today's podcast episode. Remember, hit subscribe so you get notified every Wednesday when a new podcast episode hits the stand if you know two to three people please do share this podcast with them our goal as i said is to help as many business owners as we can streamline and automate their marketing until next week my friends happy marketing